What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshan. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive into another spooky movie. This time, you get a two-for-one special. It's mm -hmm. October. We like to give them out every once in a while. Nice little homies discount. Mm-hmm. little two-for-one special. little two-for-one little coupon. Buy one, get one free. And in this instance, you are going to be getting two of the same movie, the original and the remake. We are talking about none other than Suspiria 1977 and Suspiria 2018. Mm-hmm. I think that's the wrong. Disturbia. That's the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough for us. <laughs> uh yeah dude this is exciting this is a film i from the jump i have not seen either of these before this is my first watch for both of them mm -hmm. however suspiria is a movie that i've heard about for many many years people right. always talk about it i always hear it in um in whispers and whatnot and i've been curious but i've never like sat down and watched them nor did i really know what they were about i mm -hmm. knew that they were about dancing and that was about <laughs> it so um, it will be a lot of fun to break down my surprise when I found out how much more there is to these films than mm -hmm. just dancing. Because there's a lot. There there's a, a lot. lot. Specifically in the 2018, there is two and a half hours worth of a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about that. <laughs> two, so I'm sorry. Let me say that one more time. Two and a half hours dog 152 <laughs> minutes this movie is clocking in on but we'll get to that when we get to that <laughs> hey we're not there it's yet it's fine we'll get to it when we get to it um but there's not gonna be a lot of fanfare in this introduction we've got a lot to talk about mm -hmm. uh two movies to talk about and so we are going to dive into those as soon as possible However, we do have to do our scare scale. It's a little bit different today because once again, um, I think we'll have two scales. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and just start with the 1977. Okay. On a scale of one to five, five being the scariest and one being not scary at all. What would you rate the original? I'm going to say a two personally. Okay. Um, more so for creep factor than for scare factor. I wasn't very scared in this movie. However, it does have that 70s vibe where like movies from the 70s seldom scare me anymore just because of the nature of how they are presented usually. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, like it's got scary stuff in it and I respect that. But I feel like a lot of my unease came from the creepiness. So I'm going to say mm -hmm. two out of five. Okay. Um... I'm actually going to go with three out of five. Okay. Um, Suspiria, I agree with you. It has that very 70s-esque quality where they will have a scare that kind of gets, I don't want to say cheapened, but there's just, they always have to throw an effect or something on it 
that kind of lessens, I think, the scare for us nowadays. I'm speaking mm-hmm. from present day. So that happens quite often in Suspiria. But what I will say is it actually balances that quite well with some jump scares that I actually think are quite effective. And that's honestly still get me. Obviously, uh, we'll go more into those when we are fully breaking it down. But I do think the tension that they build within that film and the scares that do work really work for me. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a three because it's a little bit past like right in the middle because it just like fills me with a sense of dread. But at the same time, it can't be too high because, yeah, it's a little it's it's not always scary but but it is tense Mm -hmm. for sure um but like i said we got two scales so Mm -hmm. going into the second one 2018 where would you rate that one funny enough despite having two scales i think i'm also gonna rate this one a two oh so you could have had the one (laughs) (laughs) we we could have saved the money on the scales (laughs) and got you one (laughs) but to give it its own flowers i do think but first and foremost the 2018 is pretty different than 77 so like the nature of the scares is different and i do think it's a little bit more modernized so it's like scares that i'm more used to Mm -hmm. and in some ways that made them more effective however um still even so i feel like creepiness is the thing that i attribute most to suspiria not as much scary a lot of stuff in the 2018 for me was just really creepy and it was like creepy to watch, but it wasn't mm. necessarily scary, scary. Um, okay. So although the scares and the fear, it was different, it was still around the same level. So I'm still going to give it a two. I'm going to give, I, on the other hand, do need the two separate individual <laughs> scales okay. because I'm actually going to give 2018 a two. Oh. I'm going to knock down one whole Interesting. scare point. Because 2018 to me, I think that you are correct in the sense of it is a lot because it's a lot more modern. There is a lot about it that gets much more intense when it does come to some of the horror elements. I do think that it steps it up in certain regards. Mm -hmm. However, what 2018 doesn't have for me is the same suspense that the original one has i lose some Mm. of the tension in 2018 that added on to so much of what i what stressed me out and like made me feel really fearful in the original one i don't think that that is kept as much in the remake and also the remake to me leans a little bit more into drama and so Mm -hmm. i think as a result even if there is stuff that kind of gets to me, so much time passes between them that I feel like my I reset to zero instead of like mm-hmm. building, building, building. So okay. for that reason, she's a two. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I see the merit of the two scales. I understand. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that. Um, but it is time for us to get into Suspiria's um, homies. 
there are spoilers ahead. So if you have not seen either one of these movies, this is your chance to turn back. But we will be talking about both movies, starting with 1977 Suspiria, which was directed by Dario Argento, written by Dario Argento and Daria Nicolodi, starring Jessica Harper as Susie, Stefania Cassini as Sarah, and Joan Bennett as Madame Blanc. And going into 2018, Suspiria, directed by Luca Guidanino, written by David Kajganik, and starring Dakota Johnson as Susie, Mia Goth as Sarah, and Tilda Swinton as Madame Blanc, Mother Helena Marcos, and Dr. Joseph Klemperer. You can dance if you want to, but you'll have to pay a price. Susie, a young ballerina, travels to Germany to further her ballet training. At first excited at the opportunity, she soon realizes that all may not be what it seems. This world is a bit more cutthroat than Susie could have dreamed, and now she must try and escape with her life. Insert painful plies, kaleidoscope kills, and witchy politics here, our films conclude with Susie making a big decision and changing the course of her life forever. Also, personally, maybe I wouldn't accuse shady witches of being, well, witches. Roll credits. Oh man, I love a good Erica synopsis. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> Ew, it's always such a treat. When you let me free from my <laughs> shackles. You from, your, from your chains. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it feels like it's only right because like both these Suspirias are so like women heavy and yeah. women driven that like I I felt out of place trying to summarize these mm. films. No, that's totally fair. Uh, especially the 2018 one Len leaned very heavily into tr having a all female cast. Mm -hmm. Because as you guys heard from uh, talking about the cast and crew, Tilda Swinton plays the main male character within 2018 is played by Tilda Swinton in heavy prosthetic makeup, which you would not tell. Like the, you yeah. would not Could know not it. Tell. Wouldn't know it at all. Let me tell you, if it wasn't for Prime Video, never would have known. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw it on accident on the side. I was like, no way. Dude, truly, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if even the cast members, maybe when she, she first stepped, stepped on the scene, if mm -hmm. maybe they didn't even realize. So good. What a chameleon she is. Well, anyway, we're, <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. We, we got a whole 1977 one to talk about first. Yes. Yes. So going back to uh, 1977, the original directed by Dario Argento, which bef I do want to ask you, um, obviously, like you said, you had not seen Suspiria, I'm sh but heard a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, are you before that, were you familiar with Dario Argento and like the the giallo style? Is that something that you no, not really. Actually, it was funny enough, you and I think it was Kat 
from mm-hmm. Girl That's Scary, mm-hmm. who first gave me my introduction early on in the podcast into the Giallo um, subgenre, because I didn't really know what it was. Right. Um, I had never heard of it before. Um, hearing you guys talk about it, I had sort of an idea of what it could be. But no, this is my first venture into it at all, really. Okay. Yeah, it's a very specific type but dario argento that is the style that he is most known for for anyone who is unfamiliar well something that i didn't know is that giallo literally is translates into yellow in italian um which i guess is because if you look at other movies that fall into that style style or subgenre the covers of them are usually yellow Mm. um but Usually it's kind of um, a murder mystery. It's usually a slasher. But the whole thing is like suspense and thriller and mystery are heavy, heavy parts of it. They are usually violent. There's usually some sort of like eroticism. So a lot of times it's it features prominent women characters, not necessarily as the lead roles, but as a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but also i think it's really specifically known for that very very bright red blood see that <laughs> and that's where i was coming from because me personally i just thought it meant like goopy like, <laughs> yeah. like i thought that it was just kind of like a, a catch-all phrase for anything that was stylized in such a way that when people bleed it looks like mm-hmm. buckets of paint as opposed to like right. blood uh, and it does <laughs> and they are gory they are meant to be gory movies but yes the the blood in these types of movies is so specific because it is almost used more as a visual enhancer than it is meant to be realistic mm-hmm. so although they're gory there's also kind of something beautiful <laughs> yeah it about feels like gore. artistic gory yeah yes which this movie falls directly in in line with that um, mm-hmm. because there are actually uh, it is actually a pretty gory film um but and as a matter of fact we start off with some with some pretty gory moments but i am dying to know roshane since mm-hmm. this is your first time watching this movie what is in your notebook all right the first thing i have here is this is the most dramatic sliding door I have ever seen in my life in regards to the door with which our main character is leaving the airport from. Yeah. Because, you know, in this opening sequence, you got like the music kind of blaring, which, by the way, I love the Suspiria theme, especially the ni- the 1977 one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so creepy and like the atmosphere of it. It's really great. Um, but we have... We have this first scene where it should just be just a regular, you know, a character is walking out of the airport. Mm. But it's like we get close-ups of her face and then it shoots to the door. And then every time we look at the door, the music starts to swell. Then we go back to her and it's like regular. Then music starts to swell again. And then when she finally gets to the door, it like just like jerks open and then we walk out into a bunch of like pouring rain and like the music is blaring. I'm just like... This is so much drama within was, the first 30 seconds of this movie. The drama of it all. It Yes, first of all, shout out to Goblin for doing the entire soundtrack of uh, Suspiria because I agree with you. I think the music is as much of a character 
within this film as the characters. Mm -hmm. It adds so much to the chaos of the film. I just feel that the way that the music unfolds, the way that they use the silences into the music or out of the music heightens the tension. But particularly there's something about the score and how kind of off kilter it is a little bit that feels so frantic and i feel yeah. really puts you into the headspace that a lot of these characters are feeling dealing with the situation that they're dealing with i will say it's a little abrupt sometimes the way that the music will just stop and we'll just cut to a brand new scene there's two times that it works particularly well for me, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but it is a little some it takes a little bit, I feel like, to get used to. Mm -hmm. um, and even me, every time I rewatch this movie, it still throws me off <laughs> at first. But yes, there's a lot of drama happening in the beginning and in the middle Susie. and in the end. And in the end. I <laughs> but Susie just brings the drama. I mean, she's walking. There's a blistery storm outside. Her hair is whipping in the wind. First of all, she has an amazing outfit on for traveling. Mm -hmm. um, tens across the board for Susie. But yeah, there's um, also, as soon as this movie starts, we get our first introduction into the Technicolor-esque nature of this film. Lighting and color choices are such a big part of this not only this film but the like giallo but especially in this movie there's so many bright reds bright pinks bright blues mm -hmm. that set so much of this and it starts from the airport it's we get a real we have there's a really bright pink hue that is kind of backing the airport as Susie's walking through it yeah and I'm like, girl, you look like you're in a music video. Hey, big fan, big fan all around. I personally, I, like I was it. digging it. Um, I love it reminds it. me a lot of just live theater in that way. And mm -hmm. I think it adds an element of atmosphere that is very complementary to, again, the just sheer drama that is happening on screen for a majority of this first one's runtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, Susie's introduction is. The, there's nothing the most important part of her introduction is when she finally gets to the school and i love one of my favorite things about this this movie is this whole thing with the storm happening and it's so loud that Susie can't hear what pat is saying and mm -hmm. how that is like a mystery throughout the movie that comes back later that is one of my favorite things about this whole Susie introduction scene is okay. that she can't hear what she's saying but what she's saying ends up being kind of a background plot throughout the movie mm -hmm. and the fact that the storm being so loud is the thing that kind of prevents her from from being able to hear Pat could I ask something about the storm Yes. Um, it's specifically about a line that was delivered during the storm while they're in the cab, uh, because Susie asked the cab driver, Hey, has it been raining this hard for long? Um, and the cab driver looks back again, very dramatically and delivers his response. I just want to know, like, 
Why? Did such a regular question require such a dramatic response from the cab driver? The because, cab like, driver is like a dick to Susie the whole time. For no reason. It's like, what did she do? I know. I There's something about it that I, I wonder if it's this idea, if they were trying to showcase that Susie is out of her element because she is from America. She's from New York coming to Germany on her own to go to this academy and we kind of see he she tries to tell him where to go and he doesn't understand her and then she has to show him where to go and then he in a condescending way kind of says oh yeah i know the place and makes her know that she pronounced it incorrectly yeah and then she asks him how long it's been raining which seems like a very fair and valid question considering it's pouring tsunami-esque outside hurricane weather and he looks at her like she just asked him if he wants to die tonight like she (laughs) looks back at her with just such disdain and then finally answers her he looks back pauses for a full like 10 seconds then 30 minutes or like half an hour (laughs) whatever he says i'm like bro chill yeah and then asking about the weather this is small talk this is easy stuff but i also love when when she when he first pulls up and she has her luggage and she kind of gets irritated that he doesn't get out of the cab to help her put her luggage in Susie, why would he why does he have to get (laughs) wet you're already wet you're already standing out in the pouring rain why should he have to get out and get wet to help you put your bags in but he brings her to where she's meant to go but she can't get in because uh, all the stuff is happening with Pat, which leads into, I think, one of the most iconic images. Well, I mean, there's uh, there's a bunch from this movie, to be fair. But I know when people talk about deaths from Suspiria, this one is the one that I hear people discuss the most is mm-hmm. Pat's death, which happens within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty brutal, all things considered. Mm -hmm. And now, granted, it's got that artistic backdrop to it, sure. But I think, like, the visceralness of the brutality is still there, despite the very bright and vibrant colors that they use. Um, Especially in, like, the stabbing sequence, where it's like, he's stabbing her so hard that, like, her chest cavity opens. I'm like, God damn. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's... And this is another moment that I think is a successful scare because she looks out the window. She puts she thinks she sees something out the window, puts the lamp up to it, and then it does the glowing eyes thing, which is Mm -hmm. which is corny. But post that, then the hand shoots through the window, which to me is unexpected. I think that that is a very successful jump scare. And yes, leads into a very brutal death. I do want to ask whose arm is that? (laughs) <laughs> who is that <laughs> like Who's, who is it? who is that pavlos i i have to assume so that's like by the end of the film i kind of thought that it was homeboy with the tray had to have done it right um because i'm like who else would that have been also there's no other like guys and it really seemed like <laughs> a male hand that came through that right. window so i that that's where my brain landed on um, but I will say as like a first time viewer, despite the murder that was happening, the other thought I was having was what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> there is just like you're just thrust it's into whatever this situation is with chaos. zero context. It's chaos. That's another thing about this movie. For the most part, I think it 
has a pretty clear through line, but it is a little bit sporadic at times. I think that this death scene in particular, because we go from her kind of getting pulled out to all of a sudden she's up on the roof the next time that mm -hmm. we see her. But this, her falling through the, getting her head bashed through a stained glass roof and then tossed down to that. And then the rope then becomes a noose that catches her neck. I mean, Pat gets absolutely brutalized for, for as far as we know no reason we have no idea why this is happening but her friend that just volunteered to help her also gets impaled by multiple shards of glass and then a giant piece from i think the frame that was holding the window up and mm -hmm. also dies in a beautiful shot, but when you think about everything that just happened, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. This looks like a scene straight out of Mortal Kombat. I shit you <laughs> yes. not. Like, it's pretty crazy. But it does lead into something that I really like, which is the transition into just the regular school day the next day. Mm -hmm. um, which I think was very well done from just a, again, what the fuck standpoint of like what is happening. Right. Because it, it, it literally goes from that, like that brutal scene then we go back outside. All of a sudden, there's a blind guy that's coming up. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, we're here now. And then we walk back into the school and like everything is fine. And mm -hmm. I am just in such confusion. Yeah, there's a lot of this movie that I think works so well because it feels like time is non-existent. And mm -hmm. it feels like we have no grasp on the way that days and events are kind of melding into each other, which honestly I think works really well for us to also feel how Susie feels because yeah, all of this stuff happens and then it's, we're just into the next day, but they do already know that something has happened to Pat. But even the stuff with Susie and Olga, we have this whole thing where Susie's going to stay with Olga, but that kind of falls through immediately. And then we kind of never get anything else from that again but it's just the way that things move so quickly it's like things are all ever shifting within this universe and it kind of makes you feel crazy because yeah. you think well what happened to what happened to this i thought they were gonna do this they're here now how long has she been on this diet where are all the other students it's just all of this stuff that makes you feel like you have also have no idea the how this school is operating and what everybody else is doing with their time and with their days. Where is it? What are all the other students doing? We have no idea, but this is kind of our first time where we get to really jump in and meet Susie a little bit more and get a little bit more about some of the other students at the school, which I, I'm interested to hear what you think about kind of the way that our our main protagonist i guess not only our main protagonist but also just the women that she's surrounded with like what do you think about their characterizations look i'll be honest i was still in shock from what had just happened in the first <laughs> sequence yeah so like even meeting all of these characters i'm still on the come down from like what did i just watch mm -hmm. um but i think my initial reaction is just suspicion towards right. everyone um especially towards the one girl is it olga who's on the phone when we come in or is that which character is that like she walks phone. into her room and they're on the phone with someone 
but they're having like a candid conversation. If it's the scene that I think you're talking about, I'm pretty sure it's it's Olga. Okay. Well, who's ever on the phone? Like she struck me as a bad guy initially (laughs) um, just because she was being real shady about whatever conversation she was having. Mm -hmm. And I even tracked one of the word or one of the phrases like at some point she like whispers like, oh, you did the right thing to the person on the phone Mm -hmm. about what? To whom? (laughs) Who are you talking to? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everybody had me raise my eyebrows because I'm at this point. I'm just like, okay, all of y'all are murderers. Right. Like until proven innocent, everybody in here is guilty. So like. I was trying to, like, see if I could sniff out who was the one behind the murders. And um, I think that kind of carried over into meeting a lot of these characters. Um, But I do really like Susie. And I like kind of the characterization of Susie. Because, like, Susie um, feels like... She's a fun person to follow. And I think in both films, I the the characterizations of Susie are quite good because like she's interesting and she's not like a helpless character either. Like she's very like she's a little headstrong in the sense of like when she makes up her mind, she sticks mm-hmm. to it, which even the instructors make a comment on. I'm like, oh, OK, like when you put your mind to something like that's just it. And like we respect that. Like I like that in a character that she had a strong personality Um, Because I think it would have been very easy to make her like the meek, like, oh, I'm new here and I don't want to talk to anybody Mm. where she kind of is, but not really. I think overall, she has a pretty strong personality. And I think that also bled into the relationship with Sarah where like I liked watching the two of them together. I thought that they were a good match. Agreed. Yeah, I think what I enjoy about Susie is that she does push back against things and she doesn't allow people to walk over her and she'll kind of call things out as they happen and isn't afraid to question, which, yeah, makes her perfect to kind of be a confidant for Sarah, who is a character who knows that weird things are happening and does not trust anybody else to say this until she meets Susie, who is also kind of willing to question things in a way that the other girls just aren't. They're just kind of willing to accept things the way that they are. Um, But Susie does find things strange. Even though she can't quite put her finger on why, Mm -hmm. she does know that something weird is happening. I like the balance between Susie and Sarah because I feel like Sarah starts off as a character that feels very unimportant not unimportant but just like another side character of a girl that we're gonna meet and all but almost halfway through sarah almost becomes our our leading champion she really kind of starts to dive into this mystery and figure things out and while that's happening Susie kind of falls to the wayside because she's being poisoned or like drugged every night so she can only do so much right but i love that she starts off as our main kind of falls to the wayside. But then once something happens to Sarah, she like is back in it and she's Mm -hmm. ready to figure this out again. And I like that she figures it out. I like that she's smart enough to think this is what's wrong. This every time I eat, I get tired. I'm not going to do this anymore. Also that the thickest of wine, I, 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 th- I I always watch that part and I think, okay, is this implication supposed to be that she's realizing that this wasn't wine that she was drinking because it's so thick? 
but I also feel like she doesn't quite react enough nah, for that. that was my issue. <laughs> I was like, there should have been way more red flags about the consistency <laughs> of the liquid that you've been consuming. Um, outside of the fact that it looks like straight up blood, but like outside of that, it's just like you're <laughs> you're cleaning this up way too casually for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> like there needed to be a little bit more momentum in the oh, they've been straight up yeah. fucking with me the whole they've time. Been having me drink jam. It's a puree, <laughs> basically, <laughs> at the point that she puts it, she has to basically force it down the sink using her hands. But no, I really like Susie as a character. I honestly quite enjoy the characterization of the at least the dynamic that we get. I, I, we don't get a lot of it as far as Susie interacting with all of the girls. After a while, it does start to fall into mainly just her and Sarah. But when we first meet everybody and, and Susie kind of comes in and has these first little moments with everyone, I honestly kind of I like the way that they introduce us to this group of girls and the kind of dynamic that they have. It feels to me very much like a group of people who all go to school together, are probably together a lot and so mm -hmm. are a little bit not immediately welcoming to a new person, but aren't necessarily outright mean at the same time it just takes a minute to kind of get into that like click i guess you could call it that they that they have already established and because mm -hmm. you can i think you can see especially with the way they all talk to each other apart from Susie, that they all feel very much like people who have lived together for a long time and probably just get on each other's nerves yeah no absolutely i think the way that all of the students are uh personified is very good i liked all of the faculty as well i think everybody had their own unique uh characteristics especially like the um like headmistress or the or what was her name uh miss tanner mm -hmm. the instructor i feel like she was very fun to follow and then of course we get madame blanc or blank however you say her name later on and like i it's funny because like all the characters feel very heightened, but I think because of the nature of when this film came out, it all just kind of works together because mm -hmm. all the characters are heightened. None of them feel heightened, if that makes sense. Like yes. everything feels consistent with each other. Um, so although these some of these people may be eccentric in like the normal everyday, I feel like within the confines of this film, everyone seems kind of regular in relation to, to right. each other. Um, but one point that I forgot to mention earlier is there was actually another thing that I knew about Suspiria. I knew it was about dancing and I knew it was about witches. That was mm -hmm. the other part that I did know. Um, and so I think going into this movie, knowing those two things, a lot of the first, I want to say almost three fourths of me watching <laughs> the first one was trying to figure out where the witchcraft was coming in. <laughs> right. Um, because like, there's obviously some like supernatural stuff going on, especially when we get to like the maggot sequence, mm -hmm. which was pretty disgusting, but pretty great. I was really trying to piece together like, okay, where's, where's the witchcraft? Like, who is the witches? Mm -hmm. Like clearly, clearly the faculty is the witches, right? Like I'm here just trying to solve this mystery. Right. I, I really, I really was invested 
in the in first it. one and just trying to figure out, yo, what is happening Understandably, because that's, yeah, that's definitely where the mystery falls in is they do set you up to think it does feel like it's going to be specific people because they do this thing where sometimes it feels like there's, there's probably multiple people involved, but then other times it feels, okay, well, they didn't, seemingly didn't know that this happened one of those parts to me is all of a lot of the stuff that happens with um madame blank and the way that she acts makes it seem like she is not involved for a long time it feels like miss tanner is leading a lot of things because and even the part with um when sarah disappears and miss tanner mm -hmm. says oh well sarah left this morning and then she's talking to Madame Blanc about it later. And it's like the way that it's playing out, it makes it seem like Miss Tanner is lying even to her. And so, yeah, just stuff like that. Because then you think, is Pavlos part of this? No, he can't be part of this. The doctor, the doctor's probably part of it. It's, it's all these little things where you just don't really know the extent of it. Because you also mm -hmm. don't know are any of the girls involved. Because there's so much secrecy within them even it's like why doesn't sarah trust anyone else to to mention these things also yeah. the one thing in this movie that i think we could have just completely done out i feel like he's thrown in there to just be another red herring uh but it old boy at the school that is th throwing kissy faces at oh Susie. yeah boy if you don't get out of here i just think <laughs> that he is so unnecessary i think his name is mark I think so as well. Yeah, I think I think that's who he is. I cuz I also could I like forgot his name for the whole movie. Couldn't remember it for my life. Um he is not necessary in this movie to me at all and feels very much like he was just thrown in to be another prospect of someone who could potentially be involved, but I also don't feel like he is enough of a part of it to matter. I don't know. I, he's just the one character that I've always thought you could be not here and I'd be okay. Yeah, nah, <laughs> I, I agree with you there. Um, but you know who was necessary for me? Blind pianist uh, Daniel, I think his name was. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. One, again, one more time for the drama. This man had the absolute dramatics every time that it was his turn to be on the screen and mm -hmm. I appreciated it. Um, but also his... So like his sequencing with his death is up there with like my favorites of the movie. Like mm -hmm. I think the first sequence sequence was great, but there was some sort of visceral fear for me about the idea of like not being able to see and like putting all of your trust in like your um, your seeing eye dog and then having it lure you into a place that you've never been. And then you're just kind of like stuck there. In um, such a wide open space. It's just, just this wide open space. And like that alone is frightening. But then from like the uh, observer perspective of like the way that that shot is set mm -hmm. up with it feeling so expansive and then everything that's too far is like in shadow. So you don't really know what is going on. But then you have the dog like going crazy and freaking out. Like, I think the tension in that scene was insane. It's high. And they and it's like unwavering. That scene goes on for a long time. It goes on for a long time. And I'll be honest, they got me because like I didn't know how I was going to conclude. I was like, I like, where are we going with this? And then when the dog just goes up and yanks him on the neck, I was like, oh, snap, y'all got me. 
-hmm. that's not where i thought this was going mm -hmm. it's totally unexpected i will say if you homies watch this movie on paramount which is where i watched it okay. they do cut out weirdly they cut out the scene where daniel gets fired where the uh where albert gets bitten and Daniel gets fired. All of that is cut out. So it's really yes. So it skips from um, the scene of it skips from him coming in and then being like, good morning, Daniel and him being like, good morning. It skips from that to the scene where um, Susie is getting her food and she's like, how much longer I'm going to eat like this? It's like there's a cut between the two. So then the next time you see Daniel, it's like he's getting attacked for no reason. And only oh. because I knew that there was a scene in between did I know why he was getting attacked. But if that had been my first time watching it, bro, I would have been confused as fuck. Because it just makes it seem like Daniel just, like the witches were just, just decided Daniel just wasn't shit. Him. Decided they didn't need him to play the piano anymore and decided to kill him. That's what it felt like. But mm -hmm. yeah, just a heads up. Because I don't I don't know why they did that. Um, oh, that is that's very strange. Yeah, it, nah, to be kept it real. They're like, nah, you get to see the whole thing. No, because it's like the glorious fight that Daniel has with Miss Tanner. <laughs> it's so good. It's reality Again, the dramatics TV of that. gold. That is the kind of shit that you pay money for on reality TV. Do you know what happened? Do you know? What is it? Your lousy, disgusting dog has bitten Albert. He took a piece out of Albert's arm. What? Did you all hear that? That miserable dog tried to mutilate a child. Madame Blanc had to rush Albert to a first aid center to have stitches put in. That's impossible. Let's go to the first aid center. Even if you can't see the blood, at least you can hear that poor child's crying. That's enough now! My dog's a peaceful, faithful animal. He's never hurt anyone. The boy must have done something to him first. Oh, the poor little animal, the poor little puppy. If I ever see him within a mile of this school again, I'll have him put to death. Stop it! I won't allow such talk, you understand? You won't allow it. Then get out, you and your dog. Get moving. You bitch! Out! I'm going. I'm going. But try to understand that, that I'm blind, not deaf. Get it? Huh? Not deaf. Also, although Daniel's little stick it to him line of I'm not deaf is fantastic in the sense of it probably he implied it to get under, under their skin because it lets them know that although he has not seen anything, he has probably heard much more than he was supposed to in his time working there and knows that they are nefarious in some way um, because he, I'm sure, has overheard some shit in his time. So that's a great line to get under their skin and let them know that he knows more than they probably knew he did. However, people love to let these witches know that they know that they're witches. And I personally, it wouldn't be me. I... If I knew that they were violent witches, 
uh, for a minute, I would at least let that be their business. At least until I'm out of the building, I probably wouldn't have said shit. I would have waited and made my decision later, maybe when I'm out of the country, to be honest. But yeah, I wouldn't have said a thing because that's not for me. But I digress. But I will say my favorite death sequence is Sarah's. Sarah's. Yeah. Honestly, they're all really good. But bro, the way I wrote in all caps, a vat of barbed wire. (laughs) Diabolical. (laughs) Diabolical the way that they put Sarah through it. And it was it was really the transition that got me. Because like we have the, you know, she's trying to escape and like Mm -hmm. she climbs into that window. And then we don't see any of the other room. We just see her up in the window and then she dives to what we think is safety. And then the movie says, room of barbed wire, have fun. I'm like, excuse me? Yes, because it's the same thing for Sarah. She just sees a way out and she's so focused on that. She just runs for it. And yeah, falls into fucking barbed wire. Uh, just an endless sea of it. The best thing about Sarah's whole sequence is I just think the the realistic feeling, of, like the realism of it to me, it just feels... Because I, I think that this is a time where we once again have a character who's not making bad choices, but their fate has already been plotted out. There's really nothing that she could have done at that point. But mm-hmm. she's trying really hard. I, I particularly, this is one of my favorite music transition. Or that's a lie, actually. I have a favorite. My favorite is later on. But this is one of my, my second favorite music transition where the music stops as soon as she like starts to stack all the stuff to get upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then it's like complete silence. All we hear is like the killer trying to open the lock. Yeah. And Which, then, by the way. He the most gotten it. easily thwartable breaking and entering I've ever seen. Right. But also, it's one of those things. That's another thing too, where if that you're like, okay, well, Sarah, like you could probably just hold the thing down, yeah, put your, or put your hand and on he there. definitely could get it. But I think once again, that's one of those things where yes, she could have held that thing down, but at this point in time, I think she's just very aware that they know that she knows. So even if they don't get in she has to get out of the building like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's more important is it's like, okay, whether this person gets in or not, I just need to get the fuck out of here because they already know that I know Um, because they did. They did try to go to her room to kill her and she wasn't in there. But yeah, it's she stacks all the stuff. And then I love how they the like the luggage breaks when she's standing on it and trying to climb out. And then she falls into the wire, but she's still trying to get out. And then she gets closer and closer and someone opens the door and just slits her Slits her throat. neck, yeah. It's crazy. It's it so good, though. So well choreographed. Yeah, so good. And, like, that's what I give this first film in terms of, like, yes, I gave it a lower scare scale. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the way that all of these deaths are crafted are so artistic and so memorable. Yeah. Where, like, all three of those from the first sequence to Daniel's death to Sarah's death and the barbed wire, they are cemented in my brain. Like, I do not think I'm going to ever forget any of those three kills because they're just so visceral in their presentation. Aesthetically gorgeous. But even just the way that they are executed, story-wise, also gorgeous because Mm -hmm. 
they are so tense. And that's the thing that's really great about this movie is that they really sit in these moments and build them up. So you're not going to have a quick bing, bang, boom, I'm dead. These moments are going to last and you're going to watch them to come to their end. And there's something so stressful about that, but also so satisfying by the end of it, which not that you want these people to die because these are characters who are innocent. They they didn't do anything wrong besides piss off some witches uh, unknowingly. Mm-hmm. They're not even trying to. It's just an accident. But um, yeah, they're done so well that you just kind of want to watch them over and over again just to see everything unfold. But yeah. the witches in this in this one too, I think, are really great in the sense of I like that they kind of keep up appearances and have all of these quirky weird excuses for everything they are weird i mean from the get-go there's obviously something off about them but for the most part they do have reasonings for everything and try and keep up all of these appearances and all these excuses to keep their girls happy and to keep them there but Mm -hmm. yeah we learn that they feed off of negativity and that that really feeds and powers them but then they're also only as strong as the leader of their coven and i like this idea um that everything that they're given is is through the leader and that the leader is also needing them to kind of create chaos and like evil and to feed off of that. And Mm -hmm. I like that the minute (laughs) that they're kind of cool with it, as long as you mind your business. And then the minute that you start to be a little bit too snoopy that then, or if you just piss them off, like the dog thing. I mean, yeah, (laughs) very much or you know what? You should have kept your mouth shut. Like one of the two, but yeah, I, I, I think like looking back, I do kind of appreciate the fact that the witches stuff isn't re like fully introduced until towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little exposition dumpy, I think, with yeah. like the professor and That's all the that. Worst but scene, in my opinion, <laughs> it kind of is what it is. Like we had to learn about them at some point, so I'm happy that it was in there in some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I like. I liked the ending. It wasn't my favorite, but okay. like I did think like the ending was pretty grand and fun. Um, I I don't know if maybe this is just a feeling that I felt, but like there was something kind of anticlimactic about it, though, which is strange mm-hmm. because I feel like, again, a lot is happening. Like once we get into like her with her final duel with like the main invisible witch and then she like kills her and then everything's exploding like. There is a lot of spectacle there, but I feel like something plot-wise for me felt anticlimactic, and I can't really put my finger on mm. what it was. Okay. I mean, I could see that. It it does feel as though it's fairly easy for her to defeat them in the end. However, I will say that I think the breadcrumbs that she had gotten up to that point, for me, it feels deserved because she's had to put all of the pieces together and i do like the idea that the lightning and the storms that have been happening non-stop throughout is what helps her defeat uh mm. marcos in the end mm-hmm. i also love the the sarah 
zombie. I think that she oh, looks yeah. great. I think that her the makeup and what they did to her looks really cool. Yeah, it does. I, I agree. The blow, like, it's a very big spectacle, like everything blowing up and then her getting out. I always do. I, I understand she's happy <laughs> that she survived, but it does feel kind of weird to me when she immediately just smiles. The building is burning down behind her, which is great. Mm -hmm. I also feel bad because all the students are going to come back to their home <laughs> and it's going to be on fire. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I love the ending personally, but I will say the exposition that is the what we needed to do to get there is is an, is my least favorite part. Yeah, is the professors um, telling us everything we need to know in this very long scene that's like five minutes long of them just talking, talking, talking. Yeah, and then Which, that leads. Quick, did you read the, the IMDb for that? Um, yes, I did. Because <laughs> so fun fact for those who haven't read it, um, since a lot of I mean, this whole thing is dubbed over. They weren't recording sound. Apparently, the professor did only spoke German, which uh, Jessica Harper did not understand. So mm -hmm. in that whole sequence, she didn't have a clue what homeboy was saying <laughs> yeah. throughout the entire sequence, which I just I thought that was a really funny um, little bit of information. I thought that was nice, too. I also read I don't know if you know it was also on imdb so i don't know the valid validity of it but that he would like tap her leg with his foot just to like know like okay just to your let line. her know like hey i'm about to my line is going to be ending soon just so you know yeah um but yeah it's which they played everybody, it off if that's true they played it off well because i couldn't tell it, it was great uh, everybody in this movie is from different countries so there was probably many languages being spoken on set mm -hmm. um which i think is is cool um but i'm sure was a kind of a tough a difficult thing to navigate but one thing that is funny to me about the professor scene is that frank who is the friend of sarah he's talking to susie and he says oh yeah you know witchcraft is mental illness basically doesn't exist uh broken minds blah blah blah, blah. And then he references this doctor and he says, he'll tell you all about it. He's the end all be all on this topic. He he wrote a book about this. Like, trust me. Acting as if the doctor's going to back him up. And then as soon as the doctor comes over, he's like, oh, bitch, witches are real. <laughs> they're real. They're everywhere. And they're dangerous. <laughs> Immediately tells Susie that witches are not to be fucked with. But I just thought it was funny how Frank acted like the doctor was going to come over and, and say, no, if this is all just in your mind, blah, blah, blah. But no, nah, he was down for witches immediately mm -hmm. i mean he gave her the information that she needed but yeah i don't know i love the i really do like the ending um yeah it's a, it's not it's not a bad ending by any means yeah. i think it was thinking about it more i think the way that uh marcos yes yes the way that marcos is fully taken out i thought it was like a little i think that's what mm -hmm. i felt was anticlimactic was just okay stab the invisible witch that's how we win um <laughs> But outside of that, everything else was fun. Mm -hmm. And and it's the perfect amount of time. I, I yeah. think this movie is just the right length. I think we get everything. And it I, the best thing about this movie is every moment within this film feels important to the end result. I never feel like we just have shit in there to have it in there. Mm -hmm. It feels like everything that happens 
every line, every weird little look or glance or moment, it all leads up to something that will either come back later or needs to be known for later. And I really like that. I I really appreciate when a movie doesn't waste time and and just throws things in just to throw them in because I especially in a movie that is so visual and I think that there could be moments where you just have stuff which in some regard we do but most of the time when that happens it does feel like we are taking things in as the characters would take them in or it's there to build up suspense and even though they take their time with a lot of those scares and a lot of those shots to build up the tension, it all pays off for me. So perfect length. It should have stayed this length for the remake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but before moving into the remake, just a couple of passing notes that I did have. Mm-hmm. Um, one on point for Jessica Harper during the dance sequence. Um, kudos. Oh, yeah. She's swooning that, on point. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. That's all I got for that one is incredible. Um, quickly following that one, though, the most violent jug of water I've ever seen, the way that they are trying to resuscitate her with that water, insane. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. And she is forcing water <laughs> down her throat. And all of it is just splooshing back out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the last note I have is, look, I don't know what dance they were doing in that bar or whatever, that little slap dance, but I kind of want to learn it. It looks like fun. Which one? The, like, it's when those guys are all on the table, like, doing that, oh. like, oh, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to slap you. The slap dance. I want to learn how to do it. It looks like a good time. That is one thing. I wish there was more dance in this movie. Right. That is That is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like... For a movie that I thought going into was about dance and witches, there was not that much of either of those in the grand scheme of things. I do think that is something that the remake improves upon is Mm -hmm. the dance element, but also the body horror that I think can come from a movie that's so heavily intertwined with dancers who are like who are so in tune with their bodies. I think that the the remake really leans into that in a way that the original one doesn't. Because at the end of the day, in the original one, the dance studio is more, or the dance academy is more of uh, just a foundation for the plot and a foundation for the setting than an element of the story. Whereas in the seek or in the remake, it definitely feels like that is in like integral to the story is them all being dancers also i love that the school started as a dance studio and an occult school like those were the two things that they studied (laughs) at the school and then at some point they said you know what you could probably nix the occult stuff and just teach ballet i don't know why that's so funny to me (laughs) yeah we're kind of straining our resources here we gotta focus Um, But all right, let's actually go ahead and talk about the remake. Uh, And the most important thing right off the jump, the length. Why? Dude. Why? uh, It's too long. It's too long. It's too long. I can't. I'm I'm sorry. I'm stuck on a loop, but I can't think of anything (laughs) else to say right now. (laughs) 
the way I audibly gagged when it said act one, act one, act, excuse me. Dude, that, yeah, I literally wrote six acts in an epilogue? <laughs> Dude, be for real. I mean, when it got to act five and I pressed the time bar up and it still had like an hour left. Pain. Actual oh. pain. Oh my God, I threw up. I, oh, I threw up in my mouth. Oh, I and, was sick. <laughs> I was so sick. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. Even before we get into this conversation, I must say, I did like the remake. I didn't hate the remake or anything like that. Um, there are a lot of things that I enjoyed, and I'm very actually interested in going into this conversation. It's just that length was criminal. Actually criminal. Unforgivable in my eyes that it was that long. Absolutely unnecessary. I do not think there was enough stuff in there that it needed to i'll give you two i'll yeah. give you two hours i, I would have sat for two i would have sat for two freely i would have given you two i don't know what it is about that extra 32 minutes that really pushes me over the edge but <laughs> i feel like even two in my head i would have thought oh that's kind of pushing it but at the end of the day i guess it's not that bad mm-hmm. but i just i i particularly feel like around the time that you hit that it just you feel you it. feel, you feel it. there's a point in this movie where you feel this is where this movie could have ended not because we've reached a uh climax but because in your head you're thinking timing wise this is where i'm starting to leave mentally and this mm-hmm. is where i wish the movie would have pushed everything up yeah now i do think an important thing to note right is like although yes this is a remake it does feel more like a reimagining yeah. than a true than a true remake because the, these two films are very different. Um, they follow like the same base formula, sure. Like I feel like they use the same template, but 2018 really goes in its own direction in terms of like f- we learn about the witches basically immediately, whereas opposed to the first one that is held all the way to the end, mm-hmm. which is huge. I think in the grand scope of everything. But then we also have this added like political backdrop because it's in like 19, the 1970, like 1977 Germany. So it's like, we have all of this kind of like world war two political things happening in the background, which I respect it for being in there. And like, I'm not really a history guy, so I'm not gonna, I feel like I'm not the person to fully judge, Mm -hmm. but for me, that was the part that I was the least interested in, but I'm also like, I'm just coding that with a, with a pain of like history in that regard. Doesn't like wow me as much in like these kind of films. So it's like, I respect it being there in the backdrop and I'm sure there's people who watch this film that love that stuff, that that was a great addition for them. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just runtime, and I kept feeling it every time we would go back to it. But I think my biggest issue with all of that stuff is what did it serve? Mm. Why do you put it in the movie if it does not necessarily serve a purpose? Because to me, it didn't. And, and maybe for other people, it did. But for me, it felt like that was in their because they wanted to make it more of a historical drama in a way. But at the end of the day, I do not feel like all of that extra side 
story and delving really into the true history of the world, that to me did not mesh with the story of the company. And so it felt at times that they were fighting with each other. And I feel like if you were going to have such serious, such a serious time be within the film, the only thing that it serves for me is the character of um, of Dr. I can't remember if they say Yosef or Joseph. Probably Yosef. Uh, probably Yosef. I, I recall Yosef. Okay. I don't know. It was all... It, well, a lot of hours. <laughs> okay, I'm just, my brain says Yosef right now, I, and so let's just go with Yosef. Okay, the doctors, he, he, it's so inherent to his story. But to be quite honest with you, I also was the least interested in his whole subplot of being yeah. brought into the scenario. I really think we could have done without that because by having him. I think that you took away a lot of what the the women at the company do because that's what I mm -hmm. like in the first one is the people at the company figuring things out on their own. And then, yeah, they bring in maybe every once in a while they'll bring in someone to kind of help, but very briefly. And at the end of the day, it's really them who deal with the situation Mm -hmm. he does so much in this movie and every time we went back to him it almost felt like a different movie to me mm -hmm. same thing with going back to ohio mm -hmm. i don't want to go to like i don't want to go to ohio i'm in berlin like i'm <laughs> in this story and i know i understand that in the end, that will tie into Susie's story. However, I don't think that we needed to see it for it to still be a part of her story. And I think that so much of the padding fell into two into these two things. Yeah, and I, I think those, I agree. Yeah. Those were the two biggest, um, I think, extensions on the runtime that I really felt. And like, granted, watching Tilda Swinton play this character. A treat. Fant it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's like so cool. And again, didn't even realize it was it, it was her until way later on. But that enamored, like actor being enamored aside, it just wasn't doing anything for me. Like I did feel that where every single time we were on this, I wanted to go back to the dance company and find out what's happening with them and the witches. Like that's what I came to this movie to experience and to see. And especially with a movie going by the same title, despite it being different, like those are the two main factors that I'm in here for. Like what's up with the dancing and the witches <laughs> and why are they like only half, half of the runtime? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. It, we lose out on so much of them because as soon as we leave the company that that's what I was mentioning earlier was when we leave the company, that's when I would reset. And it was really, really hard. This is just that kind of stuff. It's just not meant for me. I'm, I've never particularly been like into a, a historical drama movie. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm beyond, unless it's a romance, I'm probably not checking for it. I, it's just never been. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I, I know you do like period pieces, romantic though, period r- pieces, romantic, romantic. <laughs> we got to be clear. <laughs> I, there's no kissing. I'm not gonna watch it. But yeah. yeah, it's it's just not ever really been my thing, and mm-hmm. so weaving it within this film, it was hard for me to sit through those moments. Not because I wasn't interested. But just because it felt like we would really start to build somewhere. And then it just felt like when that happened, we'd put the pot on it, like, or put the mm-hmm. lid on the pot and like bring it, bring the heat back down. And I kept waiting for it to like simmer over. And it always felt like we were getting there. And then we would go back to, okay, now Sarah's meeting with him. And now he's walking around. And now he's back at his house. And, all of these little things. I will say, I do like the idea that they introduced with Susie in this movie. It's it's such a different Susie than yeah, it's vastly different. we had in the original one. And I do like this idea of her knowing from the beginning and that this kind of thing gets awakened in her and that she is so in control the entire time without us knowing that she's in control. I do think that that's a really cool idea. I, I flip flopped back and forth on like Dakota Johnson's performance, not because I think she did a bad job, but I do think that because of the type of character she was playing, she didn't have a lot. It felt like she was also very in control at all times uh, mm-hmm. Like f- there's a moment in time where I do feel like she does kind of like awaken and become whatever, you know, what she's what she is and what she's meant to be before then, though, I do feel like at the beginning, we see a lot of like emotional differences with her. There's a period within the middle where I do feel like we're a little one note, but I also don't think that that was Dakota Johnson. I just think that that's the character of Susie and what she is actually dealing with and like what mm-hmm. is actually happening um but well, they also, were also like kind of spreading the wealth i think a bit more I in terms of say, yeah in terms of like runtime and like and and uh, sorry screen time for characters um because you did have a lot of heavy hitters in the 20 in the 2018 um and i do think for, uh, for the most part all of them were you know they were doing their thing it's just that like Yes, every time we would cut back to Dakota Johnson, who was supposed to be our like main lead character, a lot of it was just reacting to the things that were happening around her due to the things that other characters were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, for instance, a lot of it is like reacting to the performance of Madame Blanc as she's like giving her more information and teaching her about dance, where again, Tilda is absolutely slaying that role but it's like it it, it's kind of like pulls the focus so much where it's like there's so many characters to follow Mm -hmm. that our lead character i think loses a little bit of um momentum in that way Mm -hmm. where i where like i think the Susie of the original we were following her a lot closer and like there was a lot more time spent with her so that we had these variations in like emotional state um, where this one, it was like 
we kept getting little pockets of time with Susie. Right. Well, and I guess it, yeah, I don't know. It's even just in the times where like when Sarah comes and she's trying to tell Susie, you know, you're making a deal with them and you don't even know what you're going to owe them in return. And it's even the way that she just goes, it's fine. It's fine. It's just very much, I, I, I don't know. It just it just seemed like at that time she had already turned into the reveal. And uh-huh. so then we didn't get I feel like by that point you're you already know that it's like, okay, she's just she's just here. Which for most people is probably going to be fine. But mm-hmm. I just think for me, it just didn't it didn't feel like we got anywhere to go. Because then I, I feel like from that point she was already in quote unquote power and it wasn't as cool i feel like at the end because it felt like to me who she was at the end was who she was at that moment like so you wanted you wanted to see more of the transformation yeah as opposed to like us just kind of um we kind of just got there like at some point she was just there and we never actually got to see that full transition yes because i feel like there's moments earlier on when she walks in and sees them doing all that stuff to the police officers and she's kind of giddy about it i feel like we didn't hold on to that as long as i kind of wanted us to of her kind of like being enamored with this and being and kind of coming into this it's like all of a sudden she was just into it and she just was cool. Cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. And so I just missed a little bit of that like uphill to to the final like I am that bitch. I would I wanted it to be like an uphill trend uh-huh. kind of. Yeah. And it's it's kind of weird too because like we do find out at the end that a majority of if not all of the company are in on it. So like they n- well, or are under control, I guess. Yeah, I th- I think what it's meant to be is that they because when they wake up the next morning, they're all like, "Oh, I drank way too much." They don't remember. I think oh, they're fair. just under the control because they needed all of them to be there for the ritual, but mm, none of okay. them remember what actually happened. So all of the dancers still don't really know what's going on. Got you. Okay, that's fair. Um. Speaking of though, I, I will give it to him with the Olga sequence. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it's, that was good. It's I great. I was here for that absolutely. It's and great. like I for me outside of the runtime and like some of the historical stuff, I enjoyed most of everything else. Like I did like the movie and like I did like this take on Suspiria because it again was more of a reimagining than just like modernizing the tale. Um. Uh, Another, uh, I guess one other thing I did miss, though, is some of that giallo, like technicolor, Mm -hmm. dramatic energy that the original had. This it's very absent in this one. Like this one's a lot more gray, a lot more bleak, a lot more down to earth, which different take, you know, different flavors. Um, But I think from going from one into the other, Mm -hmm. it was a pretty stark contrast where I like. The first one for me had more of a fun energy to it, where this one was a lot more like bleak, dramatic, mm-hmm. and like you're you're like the the first one was dramatic. There was drama. This one was dramatic. You yeah, know, yeah. This one definitely is leaning much more into the realistic nature of what this world would really be like in 
1977 Berlin. Like that's what this one is. It's the dark, bleak side of things with very little color. Everything that happened, even when they're outside, it's cold, it's dreary. There's, but I think it's just another way that this differentiates itself from the original. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I'm very mixed about this one just because even if not co comparing it to Suspiria, as a movie in and of itself, it's just not really the type of horror that I love. Like it's, it's just not my cup of tea as far as what I'm normally like want to go to. It's very art house drama to me, which is not bad, but I will say in this one, it felt to me that there was a lot of times that things happened to happen and they didn't really lean into the plot as much as I wanted them to. Um, and we spend a lot of time with the witches in this one, which part of me really likes, but I also think it kind of cuts some of our tension because we know yeah. so much about what the witches are doing. We know so much about their plan. What I did like about it a lot was the whole like uh, division between the two who who they that want to be cool. the head of the coven. Yeah, like Team Marcos yeah. or Team Blanc. I thought that Blanc. that was really cool and I enjoyed that element. And I also enjoyed this idea that like Madame Blanc seemingly was cared more than Marcos, who was very power hungry and who mm -hmm. kind of only cared about themselves and the way that that was eating into these horrible things that were happening. Um, and so then I even enjoyed the idea of then Susie coming up and being like, this is not how things are going to happen from now on. And we're going to change that. However, <laughs> that ending sequence to me, I don't like it. I, I don't like okay. it. I, I, I don't like the way that it's shot in this very shaky kind of glitchy wild way i the the design of death is not my favorite i though the shots of death coming up out of the floor feel mm -hmm. very strange the cgi blood that comes off of madame blanc's head is so different than all the other stuff we've seen up to this point <laughs> yeah the the cgi you could really clock it during that last sequence and that is honestly what took me out because I didn't mind it. Um, like the idea of what it was representing, I thought was kind of cool. Um, and personally, I liked the the death uh, personified. I thought that that was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I love. I just love the design of it. And then like the whole like oh like you know tag you're it, and then their heads explode. The idea to me was fun. Um, but I agree the shooting style was not my favorite. Yeah. Um, I did like the ritual though. I made a note where I was like, you know, this ritual is the witchiest thing I think I've ever seen. Where <laughs> like when someone's like, Hey man, what do you think a like a witch ritual looks like? It's that. That's mm -hmm. that that is where my brain goes in terms of like what it would look like. Um yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I liked the dancing um, and I thought that that made a lot of sense. And I love the part where she asks Gre um, like Greta and who is it? Greta, Sarah and Pat, like, 
what they want. Mm-hmm. I I loved all of that. I it was just something about the way that it all played out felt very just silly to me in a way and I couldn't quite put my finger on why it did, but it didn't feel as kind of cool and satisfactory as I was hoping it would feel. I also think that I don't quite understand why death had to come at all. I didn't really understand why she couldn't just do that at that point. I feel like it would have been a great time for us to see the true extent of her powers Mm. and that death death coming out felt so just out of left field for me personally but i i liked that she you know took out everybody who was supporting marcos and anybody who had pledged allegiance to her got take like got killed in that situation but I, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it started off, I agree with you, it started off really cool with what the ritual was. And then I feel like as soon as she said, it's me, it was me the whole time. I, I yeah, think things just took a turn strange. for me. And yeah, it just went in a direction that I wasn't expecting it to go to. And so it wasn't as hype as I was, as I was wanting it to be. However, I will say the post of that of the lady just walking like <laughs> Dr. Uh, Yosef doctor out. out. Like, I was, yeah, <laughs> I, I did like that. I was like, I do like that. And I liked, yeah. and I liked even, you know, the end with her coming to him and telling him what happened and then like freeing his mind, basically. Yeah. I liked that. I thought that that was a cool thing. But that's the thing is like, it, I like it. It's good, but it really felt like, two different like you said two different films kind of converging with each other finally at the epilogue of a two and a half hour movie you know where this journey with the doctor i'm sure is very poignant and i think on multiple watches if i really sat and analyzed it i'd find some like wealth of things to latch on to but on a first watch it just like it felt so unnecessary yeah and so even liking the the symbolic nature of like freeing this doctor from that guilt and dread that you know he lost his loved one because of the war cool but what does that have to do with the witches man in the end where i mean even anthony walked in at that part where she was sitting on the bed talking to him and and even said oh are you watching a holocaust movie and I was like, no, I'm not. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm not. <laughs> but at but the same time, are, I am. And yeah, I I just, I just, I, I think the only reason it's frustrating is just because I don't, it doesn't feel earned to be in there. And so it kind of, yeah, when we get this part at the end, it's nice for his character. But at the same time, to have that be the end that's it. Like that. This is our button on this whole movie, and he was not our main character. He was not meant to be, and so mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me that that's the stuff that we end on. That's the yeah. that's the last important bit is is this relationship that he had with his wife, 
which as an emotional journey, it's like, yes, I'm, I am, I am happy that we got to the end of that. But it's like, that was the mystery. That was mm -hmm. the mystery of this Suspiria is what happened to his wife. Yeah. Nothing to do with the company. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. And like, I, even in this conversation, I try and be, I'm trying to be a little bit lenient on where I'm drawing comparisons because the films are so different, but you know, you're doing a remake mm -hmm. and like, you're going by the same name. And so in that regard, it's kind of hard not to make certain comparisons. And like, for me, although I didn't hate 2018, it just wasn't as memorable as the original for me. Um, and things that I found really great. Uh, one example, for instance, is Sarah and like her death sequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sarah getting disemboweled and stuff was was kind of cool, I guess. But it's not like, come on, it's nowhere near the barbed wire room. Like there's like, again, when you're using the same characters and same ideas, um, but putting them on a different backdrop, I, I need you to give me something. It doesn't have to be the same as what the original did, but I need something of like equal value. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, unfortunately, there were a lot of things in the 2018 that didn't quite meet that mark for me. I did watch the first one into this one so that maybe that had some uh, some stake on it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how, how I would have felt if maybe I watched the 2018 first and then went back and watched the OG one. Maybe that would have changed things for me. Um, but although I think it's a fine film, it's just the lack of fun that I was having in 2018. I really felt it. Uh, especially with the length that it is. Yeah. Well, and even it's, uh, uh, well, uh, one thing going back into a positive, I will say is I really, really loved Sarah's characterization in the 2018. Um, I think Mia Goth is, does a great job, um, portraying her but i what i i like that sarah is a little bit more skeptical in this one or at least just doesn't really want to admit that something's going on but then does and i i love the relationship that she has with Susie, and i as I'm, i really like i will say i think in the 2018 one we don't get to really characterize the all of the other dancers as no, much as we do really. in they the really 77. feel like just background. They really feel like, oh, we were dancers that were hired to be in this movie. Because the dancing is a, is great. Yeah. This, I give it I give it that. Hey, the dancing, y'all, y'all did your thing. Great. With that. This is a much more like um modern contemporary ballet that they're going for in this movie. Um, because it kind of fits the a lot of the moves that happen in like modern contemporary fits i think more of what they were wanting for almost this ritualistic nature that the witches kind of feed off of and it works it works super well i love that there's one piece that they're kind of working on throughout the whole movie leading up to and i love how much of dance is part of what they need to do to get Susie ready like dance is part of the ritual it's important to the ritual i like that i also love that they like did definitely try because in this one the whole thing is they need a vessel to put marcos mm -hmm. in and they had already tried it with patricia and it didn't work and it fucked her up um but they need someone to willingly do it and so they find that with Susie. like i love all of that stuff and 
So in some ways, I do think that I think it takes the the things that I wanted more of in the first Suspiria and it like does really well with that. Because like I said, the body horror of this movie, I think is obvious to me with dealing with a plot like this. I think that is the type of of violence that you would expect from a movie about dance and dancing is this kind of like the the your body kind of having a mind of its own and using that to like twist and break and bend like i thought all that was great but also at the same time (laughs) it's like we get a really great sequence of that but really when i think about it i'm like i guess yeah it's just really that one sequence we do have a dancer um later on who has a seizure uh caroline who like mm-hmm. uh, she has a seizure and and that kind of is a surprise but she's fine yeah she's okay she ends up being fine um sarah breaks her leg and then has to dance on it which is pretty mm-hmm. like pr- like the actual leg break itself is pretty grim but as far as those long sequences that i was hoping for because that's what i was really excited for is like Ooh, uh, more kind of realistic, gory version of these long sequences that I love where you get to see these witches really be twisted and evil. But we only really get one of those. And, and so I was kind of bummed that it wasn't as, like, as much throughout the film as I was expecting it to be. And then I feel like we focused on other things that were new to the 2018 version, but that weren't particularly interesting to me. Yeah, same. I, yeah, I just echo all of that, I think, in terms of I respect the things that were being introduced, Mm -hmm. but for me, it took away from what I was really looking for going into the remake, and that's unfortunate um, because there were some great things. Mm -hmm. And again, with the dance sequences, the body horror, um, the pivoting with some of the characters and their choices i was here for all that i just wasn't necessarily here for all the extra stuff right also the font was a choice i at first didn't was a choice at first didn't like i got used to it but it was giving powerpoint to me a little bit (laughs) and then um also one other thing i will say there are some very cool shots in this movie that i do like however I do feel like there are some shots. It felt at times that we were trying to just put a bunch of different styles and shots in this movie that didn't always work for me. Um, it mm-hmm. just felt like we were trying a lot of different techniques. Mm-hmm. And although they look cool for the most part, it didn't feel like they had the same weight that they had in the original where i felt like every shot meant something in this one it definitely did feel to me at times that sometimes shots were just in there to be in there there's one shot where dakota johnson (laughs) it's when they're all the girls are watching all the matrons eating inside of the restaurant Mm -hmm. and as they're walking away there's like a slow motion shot of dakota johnson like peeking down through the window and it looks like those images of Bigfoot where they're like 
we saw it in the woods and it's like really slow <laughs> it's it's just stuff like that or even just the ending sequence where it's the style changes and it's not been like that they randomly have a shot in that's the the carry shot i know that's not what it's yeah. called but that's what i like to refer to it as with focus pulled in the front and in the back yeah it's there was yeah, there lot. was like a lot of inconsistency <laughs> in that way of just like there were we were trying things mm-hmm. and some of them worked some of them not so much <laughs> yeah after finishing the uh 1977 mm-hmm. suspiria i felt energized yeah. i i felt like i had a good time i was like pumped about the movie that i just watched unfortunately 2018 i felt fatigue after mm-hmm. i was done where like i enjoyed some of the stuff that i was watching but by the end of it i was just like oh my god i made it to the end of this runtime which is not how i wanted to feel especially when i do think there were a lot of good things happening mm-hmm. um but you know the heart will feel what it wants to feel and that's just kind of how i felt yeah by the end of it no truly i will say i think that there is stuff in this movie where even if you're a fan of the original you'll probably still enjoy it i'm sure there are fans of the original who love both um or maybe this will this one appeals more to you because the original is a little bit too off the wall. Um, but that being said, I will I I will applaud because I've said it before. I don't understand a remake that follows shot for shot exactly the plot of an original movie because to me it's why remake if it's going to be the exact same steps that you're taking. I do appreciate what they did and what they tried to do differently i do appreciate it and i think that it was a really big undertaking and like i said the things that i liked the the positives that i had i really enjoyed those um so yeah Mm -hmm. i still want to give it kudos for for doing it however i do think it's potentially a movie that did not need to be called Suspiria. Um, could have been a yeah. completely different movie, just about witches. And possibly. Also, almost directed by David Gordon Green, which after the past two years, I don't know how we all would have felt about that. So perhaps this was for the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So hey, DGG, I'm fighting for you, bro. I'm over here. I'm going toe-to-toe for you. I'm trying. But ooh, ooh, he's winded. It's been a lot. It's really been a lot. Um, but okay. I guess we will once again have two ratings. Um, because mm-hmm. um, this is not, despite the way that the conversation may have lent itself, this is not a versus yes. episode. We're not pitting these two mm-hmm. against each other. We just happen to cover both of them in the same episode. Yes. Um, the question I suppose is, do we want to have one? universal thing that we rate both of them out of Mm. if we can think of one or do we want to have two separates uh i feel like we should have two separates okay i feel like we could have two different ones Mm -hmm. um i'm for the first one my brain's just going to barbed wire (laughs) immediately Mm. something with the wine i was about to say blood wine thick wine (laughs) thick wine (laughs) Point I'd shoes. I'd be okay with thick wine. Thick I wine. Really like All right. Well, we'll rate the first one out of thick wine. <laughs> okay. And then for the second one. The second one. Could do Olga pretzels. Oh, 
yeah let's do that oh her name's <laughs> olga i called her greta earlier <laughs> oh no how dare you i can't don't believe disrespect. it how embarrassing don't you disrespect because also wait what was that what was the actress's name um elena Fokian apparently is a contortionist who did a majority if not all of those very very unnerving mm -hmm. moves that we saw in that sequence so uh, put yes. some respect on Olga. Let me just right? say, yeah, if you guys do not have any want or desire to watch the Suspiria remake, at least look up the Olga scene. Um, yeah. Go watch that because I think if nothing else, that scene is a highlight of this film and, and should be checked out because as we've said before, like that is the the bit of this movie that felt like oh shit yeah this is what i came here for so yeah mm -hmm. go check that scene out if you if you haven't seen it yet but okay. i'm down for olga pretzels nice all right well um i know it's my first time watching but i'm definitely down for ladies first if you want to go first okay um i give suspiria 4.8 yeah 4.8 thick wines out of okay. five uh once again we are pretty close to a five out of five i love this movie i think it's just so great the storytelling of it is just so well done in my opinion but and fun and exciting and feels fresh even now still the soundtrack fantastic the characterizations are great i i honestly feel like every single person within this movie i agree with you feels like a um a heightened version of a person but still based on a person that you would know just you know the over the top version of them and i love seeing the kind of dynamics within this film i think that the tension that is built within this film is some of the best tension and the sequences within it i just think are are so great so well done some amazing death scenes in this the color palette the the shots everything about it to me is just so beautiful but everything that they do also adds to the story. And that's the best type of movie I think you can have where it doesn't feel like it's leaning one way or the other. And so they had to kind of shorten the story to do better shots or like do bad shots to get a good story. Everything feels equal to me and I love that. The only things that I don't like about it is that doctor, uh, the like psychology scene to me is just such a slog it feels so shoehorned in there i hate that that's the way we get our information i i don't know a better way we could have but it just feels so long and it's just all talking 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 and then also the uh guy at the ballet um school who is like kind of flirting with Susie the whole time i don't know why you're there and i never mm -hmm. will i still don't if anyone can tell me what his purpose was please i think he was just thrown in as an extra red herring but it kind of like is annoying especially when he blows her a kiss over that sheet oh my god it pisses me off but let me know <laughs> uh if, if i'm off base about that but other than that like like i said there are a few moments that 
don't always have like the cuts, the way it cuts sometimes is still a little bit chaotic for me, not in a good way. But overall, I love the erratic nature of this film and kind of how bonkers it makes you feel at times. So mm -hmm. yeah, 4.8 thick wine out of five. Okay, solid. Uh, I myself, I'm gonna give it a 4.5 okay. out of five thick mm -hmm. wines. Uh, similar reasons of, I just, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, movie is very stylized and I do think that if you're not up for that heightened state of filmmaking, I could understand this movie not necessarily being for you. Um, but for me, all of the stylistic choices worked. Mm -hmm. Um, it kept me engaged. It kept me interested. I liked all the characters. I thought they were all unique. Again, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like when the movie does decide to show violence and get brutal, it is creative in that way and memorable while still being pal uh, palatable, where like despite the brutality, because of how it was stylized, it wasn't like hard to watch. Like I didn't mm. feel like I was watching like a Saw movie. It was more just like I was watching this particular moment in the plot. And I think it worked very well. Um because of the sheer dramatics and heightened state of things, there are a couple things that I question in terms of like logic and whatnot. So that's really why it's not a five for me, but um, it's still a really, really um, entertaining film. One mm -hmm. that I know for a fact I will probably watch again. Um, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta give it at least a decent amount of points. And I think 4.5 out of five thick wines is right about nice. where I sit. Okay. Uh, now going into 2018. Okay. All right. Uh, do you still want to go first or you want me to go first on this one? Um, how about you go first? I'm okay. still debating. Um, I think I am going to put this right at a 2.9 hmm. out of 5 uh, Olga Pretzels. Um, a little bit going off of the Erica metric of three and below, I'm not sure I would recommend to everyone because that's kind of how I feel about this one. I'm not mad that I watched it. Um, and I am happy that I watched both because I do like looking between the two to see what I liked and what I didn't like. Because again, 2018, it was trying to do its own thing while still staying in the realm of Suspiria. I give you that. And again, there were some sequences that um, I thought were really good. Um, some performances that I thought were fantastic. Um, I do think this, the cast was quite stacked. So like the movie had a lot of that going for it. But unfortunately, the combination of the length plus the um, plot points that I wasn't interested in really, really made this movie drag for me. Even when I was even when I was enjoying it, I was still feeling watchers fatigue while watching it. And so for that, it's like it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, go check this one out mm -hmm. when I know the 1977 exists, which is a lot quicker, a lot easier to ingest, and I think has a lot bigger things going for it. So, um, although, again, don't think it's an awful movie, I still got to rate it lower. I'm going to say a 2.9 out of 5 Olga Pretzels. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm at the moment, who knows? I might change this in the future, but at, <laughs> at, at the moment that I'm feeling, because I'm like fresh off of like watching it and everything, 2.5 Olga pretzels out of five. Mm -hmm. I just, I, it's just not for me. That's the thing. I, this, this Suspiria, I don't think was made person like to my taste, which is completely okay. Um, because, the original Suspiria is so much 
the movie, the kind of a movie that I like. So by going in a, a different direction, uh, going in the opposite direction, it was already kind of going against what I love about the original Suspiria, which is fine. But um, yeah, I just think that it's just... It, it feels like a slog for me. It's just so long. And what is long within it is stuff that I am not interested in. I'm not particularly gung-ho to dive into the mystery of this historical drama, this emotional journey with this man who feels like an ex should like feels like he should be just such a small part of the story but ends up being so much and such a focal point in a movie that should be about women and the whole point of them having Tilda Swinton play him was because it's like this is going to like an all woman cast or an all women movie okay but whether she's playing him or not she is playing a man and he is has become the beacon of this film somehow and taken all this time from what I'm most interested in, which is the company and what's happening there. And then we're so involved with the witches, which I think also splits our time between the girls and the witches. It's like the time is just split too much for my liking to where I don't feel like I can really be connected to any particular story. Uh, the things that I do like, though, is all of the dancing. I love the characterization of Sarah. And I love, I do like that they changed Susie and, I, and some of the politics that they put within the witch, the coven. I, I thought that was a cool idea. So there's stuff here that I do really enjoy. But yeah, if I'm ever going to recommend a Suspiria, it's going to be the original. I'm not going to go back and rewatch this movie anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, a, a 2.5 is really how I'm feeling just cause I'm still just a little irritated off of the back of watching this movie. Um, so yeah, 2.5 Olga pretzels. <laughs> One last thing though, uh, the breathing done well in both. I'd say mm -hmm. the, 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 the raspy breath. I like that as like a continuous, uh, thing that was happening. Uh, again, both I think both movies use sound um, in a smart way. Yeah. I like the way Seventy Seven did it a bit more, just because I was, you know, um, I, I was all about that theme song. Um, and I wish, like, the other one had kind of had one during the dance sequence, but like not to the degree that the Seventy Seven did yeah. have. But I will say there, I do think there were some great sound sequences in twenty eighteen. Mm -hmm. Regardless, though. Yes. Also, I feel like we all know somebody that snores like uh, Marcos <laughs> did in the in the original. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunate, yeah. but it's true. I do fear sometimes that it is me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yikes! Hopefully, it's not. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, but that that's it for our Suspiria conversation times two. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on either one, both of them. Uh, which do you prefer? Have you seen both of them? You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Or you can come into the discourse where we hang out with the homies all week long discussing horror, but other things as well. So if you'd like to come through and say hello to not only us, but other homies, you can find the link for that also on our social media bios. 
Also, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, that means that it's Monday, which means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where you play spooky games, hang out, have some laughs, have some drinks. And we would love to see you there. If you'd like to come through and say hello, you can also find the link for that in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you're thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done so, we'd for you too over on spotify just hit the stars underneath our name to leave us a spooky little rating but that is it for us today homies once again thank you so much for hanging out with us as halloween quickly approaches and we will be talking to you homies next time catch you next time homies bye